0: coming up shortly what would arwen do
1: are
2: listening
0: to 88.9 fm Irvine and welcome to What Would Arwen Do? If you're wondering what this is this program on KUCI Irvine, the voice of the voice of the University of California at Irvine we posit this If a Middle Earth elf lived today in Orange County what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? In other words, what would Arwen do? Some ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question, but on this program I ask, we ask, what would Arwen do? You may ask, who was Arwen? Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom. Hmm, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or, in elvish, Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, wisdom, Beauty, her sense of humor, and service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, a guide to Middle-earth, Colin Duryas writes: In his invented mythology of Middle-earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, dwarves, hobbits, wizards, and the like partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. I believe, we believe... This elven quality exists in every person and yearns for expression through the gifts of creativity, nobility, and service. So, having the incredible privilege of having a public affairs program here on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, in California, and being friends with an elf in Orange County, right here in the Middle Earth campus of UCI, when things arise that I want to think more deeply about, I like to ask my elf friend Tani Tanuvial the question, what would Arwen do? This is The Hobbit, Milo Lomestown, at your service. And with me today, as always, is my elf friend, Tani Tinuviel, the resident KUCI elf. How do you do this afternoon, Tani?
1: My like gavanin and sui laid.
0: <laughs> and I should mention that in the background, we have today with us a wizard. So we oh, need to be careful yes, as wizards have so much, they have so much extra power compared to hobbits that we are impressed and sometimes a little frightened of them. And so I'd like to briefly introduce, we will talk to him more later, but uh, hello to Mario the wizard.
2: Hello, my name is Mario. I was called, hello. Are we there? (laughs) there? Yeah, we are there. (laughs) No need to be frightened, but you guys may all look and see. Hopefully, you see something great in me, the wizard. Mm -hmm. Nice to meet you all. Nice
1: to meet you. Well, I know one of my favorite parts of the Fellowship of the Ring movie is in the beginning where Gandalf is coming into town and Frodo shows up on the little bank there and says, You're late. And Gandalf looks at him and says, A wizard is never late.
0: <laughs> and that is so very, very true. Well, Elf Princess, this week, there's so much to talk about. It's unbelievable news. Movie
1: years. news. And we are, our show together has taken on a new dimension uh, now that we have a green light for the Hobbit films, plural, that will be coming out, the first one, in 2012. And we are just bustling well, with excitement from week to week because... Um, especially now in these early stages, there will be so many announcements with regards to cast and location and all of this. And so um, I think let's take turns on an announcement of uh, f- what was your favorite announcement for this week?
0: Well, there are so many, <laughs> but I must say, as as a longtime observer of the film industry, Dear Elf Princess, my favorite was the announcement that MGM creditors had accepted the Spyglass (laughs) offer. And that means that the MGM situation is quieting down. So not only are the Hobbit movies greenlit, but the MGM situation seems to be quieting down. There's one little crumb here or there left, but basically ironing out. What was your most favorite my announcement? My
1: favorite announcement. Of course, uh, we elves are always so excited and we love the environment and we love, I especially loved New Zealand and the landscape that it lent to the world of Middle earth. And so my favorite announcement this week was that the Hobbit will be staying in New Zealand. And there was a wonderful article here in the LA, Times, a business section that says the government reaches a deal with Warner Brothers to keep the film project from moving. Uh, the New Zealand government said Wednesday that The Hobbit would keep its feet firmly planted in the small South Pacific nation, ending a short but intense saga over where the expensive two picture production would be filmed and averting fallout that would have damaged all sides. So, um, it's official. The Hobbit will stay in New Zealand, which I'm very excited about, just for the continuity of the films. I was I was kind of excited to see what differences, what other things might come into um, the production by you know being in a different place. And I knew that whatever it was, it would was, it all work out wonderfully. But I think I'm very excited for The Hobbit staying in New Zealand, not only for the continuity of the films, but also because New Zealand has been so wonderful as a host country to the production of these films.
0: And as, re, as reported by the New Zealand Herald, the New Zealand government last Friday passed a special law <laughs> clearing the way for the two Hobbit films to be made in the country regarding amended labor laws to make sure that independent contractors were treated as independent contractors in the case of movies and not as employees.
1: They actually are calling it the Hobbit Law.
0: The Hobbit Law.
1: <laughs> now, do you know, as as a longtime film goer and movie critic, do you know of an instance where a country passed a law before a film was made?
0: I have thought long and hard, <laughs> Elf Princess and Milo, the movie critic, who has been to the Cannes Festival and the London Festival and so on and so forth. I've studied and thought about film for many years, but in my studies. I've never encountered a law made in favor of a film before the film was made. There have been many laws passed after a film was released, mostly in the area of censorship. But before a film was made, this is unique in my knowledge. Yes.
1: Well, I think a very smart move on the um, part of the Parliament of New Zealand, and I'm sure there are many people jumping up and down, <laughs> in the streets, not only in New Zealand, but but a lot of places, because this will be a boon not only for the production. I think it will make the production of the movie go a lot smoother because they won't be um, having to change so many locations. And of course, we know what a workshop is already over there, and Hobbiton has been replanted and relit. You know, kind of re, rejuvenated. Haven't they already started the? I believe.
0: It's unbelievable. If you go to the net, which is a wonderful website, the net has links to videos where you can see helicopter flyovers <laughs> that the various New or- news organizations in New Zealand are doing showing the progress of the reconstruction of Hobbiton. Oh, yes. And speaking of which, we found out this week also that it was officially declared as a permanent tourist destination. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. So it will be preserved. They need to do the same thing with Rivendell.
0: (laughs) There are so many wonderful things for New Zealand off of this agreement. Uh, Not only the $500 million direct expenditure, it's expected the two films together will cost $500 million, and basically it's a single film in part one, part two, so most people say this is the most expensive film made in the history of mankind. <laughs> uh, but also, it will, if it's typical of other films, it will net the economy of New Zealand about twice that, or mm-hmm. one billion with a B dollars. Mm-hmm. And there's wonderful things. There's a cruise planned next year that goes from from Australia to New Zealand and stops at many ports in New Zealand, and then Mm. an after tour that tours the various sets that were used and Mm. various locations that were used in the filming of The Lord of the Rings. So there is much, much, much that is happening there.
1: We have some other news, though, don't we, with regards to casting.
0: Oh, my gosh. Again...
1: So it's interesting, too, when you think about that, this is quite, uh, quite a casting adventure. I mean, most films don't have... Well, thirteen characters that are going to be on this, ent- you know, pretty much on this entire adventure with Bilbo and Gandalf. So that's fifteen characters are you know going to be tromping along.
0: That that's <laughs> very very true. When can we think of a film cast that had that many? It's it's rare. It, I mean, it the has Fellowship happened, had uh,
1: there were the Nine Walkers, you know, um, but their storylines kind of diverged. diverged uh, rather soon, whereas in this one, um, you know, you're going to have to have 13 dwarfs hanging around pretty much most of the time. <laughs>
0: most of the time, that's true. And so, in fact, the wondering.net shows the cast list so far. Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins. Mm-hmm. This is the confirmed list. Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins. And by the way, did you happen to catch The Blind Banker, the second Sherlock Holmes
1: No, to 21st it was not on Sunday Evening.
0: To my knowledge, it it was on KOCe, which was the Orange County station instead of KCET. Uh. Again, Martin Freeman impressing with his comedic talents, as well as his sort of bumbling talents, if I can put it that way, and yet his his talent to portray braveness in the face of terror. Uh, Very impressive. But we have Richard Armitage, The Heartthrob as Thorin Oakenshield, Iden Turner as Keeley, Rob Kaczynski as Feely; Graham McTavish as Dwayne, John Kalin as Owen, Stephen Hunter as Bomber, Mark Hadlow as Dory, Peter Hambleton as Glowen, James Nesbitt as Boffer, and Adam Brown as Ori. Those two are relatively new. And...
1: So that was the last two were just uh, added this last right. week, right?
0: As uh, Screenrant.com points out, that they have uh, they have announced from New Line Cinnamon from Peter Jackson, we have these two new James Nesbitt and Adam Brown. Um, Adam Brown's sort of a newcomer, but uh, James Nesbitt is an Irish thespian uh, known for several things. For instance, he was in Danny Boyle's film Millions, which is a very good film by the Academy Award-winning director of. Dog Millionaire mm-hmm. and Woody Allen's Match Point. Again, Woody Allen, one of the great filmmakers of our time and he was also the star of the BBC's uh, Jekyll and Hyde. So, so
1: what we, so we have some new additions to the cast list. What we don't have are a couple of things. One thing we don't have is a complete list of who the characters in this film will actually be. We don't know for sure yet that Radagast the Brown, the other wizard, uh, will be in this film. We don't know, I think we pretty much know that, um, um, Bjorn, um, the, the the shapeshifter, I think, is going to be there. And, and Elven King, because these, these people are all involved in major parts. But uh, we don't know some of the other uh, we don't characters. Know. We don't know. even who's going to be the voice of Smaug.
0: Because only a half dozen <laughs> people in the world have seen the scripts. Mm-hmm. You've got the four that wrote the scripts. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of executives at Warner Brothers. That's it. Those are the people that have seen the script. Everyone else just sees little bits.
1: And you brought up an interesting point uh, when we were uh, talking earlier about Ian McKellen.
0: Ian McKellen does not yet have a contract. Hugo Weaving does not yet have a contract. Kate Blanchett does not yet have a contract, <laughs> and Andy Serkis, mm. who played Gollum yes. in the original films, does not have a contract.
1: Maybe they're waiting for like some, you know, they're just leaking these little things because they're not, um, they're bright. Also, they they love releasing these things. They love uh, the fan response to um, the different pieces of news that that get leaked out. So,
0: well, there's so much to talk about, but you know, I'm yearning to hear your voice reading that section. Oh. The wonderful <laughs> section on the eagles from The Hobbit.
1: Well, and because li- a little later in the show, we'll be talking about uh, some things coming up. Uh, today, of course, was voting day. Um, and so it was good for people to get out and vote. There. We can vote with our ballots, but we can also vote with our pocketbooks.
0: And we'll be talking we'll about that later. We'll be talking a later. little bit
1: about that later and what to do with regards to voting with our pocketbooks for care of our creature friends. And um, particularly the bird-like, uh birds- Types.
0: And birds are our friends.
1: They are, and uh, Tolkien was a lover of birds. In fact, um, the eagles—if you ever do a study on the, his eagles of Middle Earth—were wonderful, wonderful creatures. They were very close to Manway, which is the the kind of the the chief of all the valor, the angelic beings. So, but we see, we saw the eagles in The Lord of the Rings. Of course, they rescued Frodo and Sam from Mount Doom there at the end and carried them back to safety. But uh, before the eagles were there, they were actually also um, played a very pivotal role, a role in The Hobbit tale uh, when um, the dwarves, and Bilbo and Gandalf are chased up some trees by wolves and goblins. So I'm going to read a little bit about, just a little background about these eagles and get, give you a sense of who they are. Oh, gosh, I sure hope the eagles will be in uh, the Hobbit movie. I, I would imagine that they would they would need to be. And then I'm going to let you read a, a cute little passage that tells of uh, Bilbo the Hobbit's uh, experience <laughs> with the eagles. So... Um, so <clears throat> At this point, it says, um, we hear from the Lord of Eagles. He says, what is all this uproar in the forest tonight? Said the Lord of Eagles. He was sitting black in the moonlight on the top of a lowly pinnacle of rock at the eastern edge of the mountains. I hear wolves' voices. Are the goblins at mischief in the woods? He swept up into the air, and immediately two of his guards from the rocks at either hand leaped up to follow him. They circled up in the sky and looked down upon the ring of the wargs, a tiny spot far below. But eagles have keen eyes and can see small things at a great distance. The lord of the eagles of the misty mountains had eyes that could could look at the sun unblinking and could see a rabbit moving on the ground a mile below even in the moonlight." So though he could not see the people in the trees, he could make out the commotion among the mul- the wolves and see the tiny flashes of fire, and hear the howling and yelping come up faint from far beneath him. Also he could see a glint of the moon on goblin spears and helmets as long lines of the wicked folk crept down the hillsides from their gate and wound into the wood. "'Eagles are not kindly birds. "'Some are cowardly and cruel. "'But the ancient race of the northern mountains "'were the greatest of all birds. "'They were proud and strong and noble-hearted. "'They did not love goblins or fear them. "'When they took any notice of them at all, "'which was seldom, for they did not eat, eat such creatures, "'they swooped on them and drove them shrieking back to their caves "'and stopped whatever wickedness they were doing.' The goblins hated the eagles and feared them, but could not reach their lofty seats or drive them from the mountains. Tonight the lord of the eagles was filled with curiosity to know what was afoot. So he summoned many other eagles to him, and they flew away from the mountains and slowly circling ever round and round. They came down, down towards the ring of the wolves and the meeting place of the goblins. And this is where we find that the elves the um, eagles come down. They frighten the uh wolves and the goblins away, and they begin to pluck uh, the dwarves and company out of the trees, and I will allow my uh, Hobbit friend Milo Lomestown now to cheer us with another reading from The Hobbit by J.R.
0: Tolkien. Thank you, Tani. Poor little Bilbo was very nearly left behind again. He just managed to catch hold of Dory's legs, as Dory's was borne off last of all, and up they went together above the tumult and the burning. Bilbo swinging in the air with his arms nearly breaking. Now far below, the goblins and the wolves were scattering far and wide in the woods. A few eagles were still circling and sweeping above the battleground. The flames about the trees sprang suddenly up above the highest branches. They went up in crackling fire. There was a sudden flurry of sparks and smoke. Bilbo had escaped only just in time. Soon the light of the burning was faint below. A red twinkle on the black floor, and they were high up in the sky, rising all the time in strong, sweeping circles. Bilbo never forgot that flight, clinging on to Dory's ankles. He moaned, my arms, my arms, but Dory groaned, my poor legs, my poor legs. At the best of times, heights made Bilbo giddy. He used to turn queer if he looked over the edge of quite a little cliff, and he had never liked ladders, let alone trees, never having had to escape from wolves before. So you can imagine how his head swam now, when he looked down between his dangling toes and saw the dark lands opening wide underneath him, touched here and there with the light of the moon on a hillside rock or a stream in the plains. The pale peaks of the mountains were coming nearer, moonlit spikes of rock sticking out of black shadows. Summer or not, it seemed very cold." He shut his eyes and wondered if he could hold on any longer. Then he imagined what would happen if he did not. He felt sick. The flight ended only just in time for him, just before his arms gave way. He loosed Dory's ankles with a gasp and fell onto the rough platform of an eagle's eerie. There he lay without speaking, and his thoughts were a mixture of surprise at being saved from the fire and fear lest he fall off that narrow place into the deep shadows on either side. He was feeling very queer indeed in his head by this time, after the dreadful adventures of the last three days, with next to nothing to eat, and he found himself saying aloud, Now I know what a piece of bacon feels like when it is suddenly picked out of the pan on a fork and put back on the shelf. No, you don't, he heard Dory answering, because the bacon knows that it will get back in the pan sooner or later, and it is to be hoped we shan't. Also, eagles aren't forks. Oh, no, not a bit like storks. Forks, I mean, said Bilbo, sitting up and looking anxiously at the eagle who was perched close by. He wondered what other nonsense he had been saying, and if the eagle would think it rude. You ought not to be rude to an eagle when you are only the size of a hobbit and are up in his eerie at night. The eagle only sharpened his beak on a stone and trimmed his feathers and took no notice. (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful.
1: <laughs> so that will be an that would be an interesting scene to see in the movie: the uh, dwarves and Bilbo and Gandalf being plucked out of the trees and taken up to the Eagles' Aerie. So, yeah. and uh, the eagles speak. Uh, so Wonderful. the eagles have voices. Wonderful. In, uh, Tolkien's Middle-earth. So thank you for reading that.
0: Well, thank you. This we is so KUCI Irvine. That's right. Welcome to, for those who are just joining us now, this is What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine, the voice of the University of California at Irvine. Welcome to all of our listeners live. Welcome to those of you who are listening on the internet live at KUCI.org. You can also hear us on podcast at kuci. Talk.org and if you search in iTunes on the keyword Arwen, that's A-R-W-E-N, you can also find us there for free download. How about some music, Elf Princess?
1: Yes, I think we should have uh, some music in honor of our guest, who we'll be speaking with soon, an intern.
0: Mario in the, the D- Wizard. Yes, an intern to in, the,
1: in the DJ training that's currently going on right here at uh, UCI, training for the next set of superstars here at KUCI. So, um Let's hear a little bit of Gandalf singing.
0: A little bit of wizard music. And
1: this is from the Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Complete Recordings, Academy Award-winning Music by Howard Shore. Mm
0: -hmm. Down from the door
2: where it be
1: Doesn't that music just transport you right into the Shire every time? That's one of my, f- it's some of my favorite music from the soundtracks. But also, it always brings to mind the scenes from the beginning of the movie. And having seen the original Fellowship of the Ring in the theaters 28 times, I, uh, I really love the original opening where um, Gandalf shows up and meets Frodo Rather than the the, the um, extended version, which has a whole new introduction, it's it's lovely, you know, where um, Bilbo is is talking but uh, that there's just something a very special rapport between Gandalf the wizard and Frodo the Hobbit.
0: And I must say, I think we're honored to have a wizard in our midst, Absolutely. Mario the wizard. Welcome.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: Good and so Mario you are currently taking the Dj training at here at KCI yes I am um I'm very excited um, because to, just to let our listeners know that our here at KUCI we are all volunteers and that uh, if in case you are a student that's listening and you are wondering well I don't this I just discovered this thing called KUCI and um, I'd like to become a DJ well, you will have an opportunity to do that in the next training, which will be the next training that will be in probably in January, January, February.
2: Mario the Wizard here for you all.
1: Yeah. Mario, what's your last name?
2: Mario Vasquez. Vasquez. And
1: you're a student here here at KCI?
2: Yes, I am. I'm a psychology um, major. And I'm a first year, so it's very exciting, very new. I love the music that I was just playing. It actually brought me to this serene being. I just came back from a midterm, and I enjoyed the music. It just brought me back to relaxation and being in this sense of just relaxing. and Very beautiful.
1: Wonderful. Are you originally from this uh, part of uh, the country, or did you move here from somewhere else for your company, UCI?
2: Uh, before you see, I actually lived in Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley. It's it's a very beautiful place. Nothing like Orange County, definitely. Orange County is very beautiful and very calm and peaceful. I very I like it a lot.
0: Oh my gosh, there's so much to <laughs> ask. Um, so where 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 did you hear about KUCI? Mario. How did you hear about the training?
2: I actually, uh, in high school, I was the DJ, the rally host at my high school, and I enjoy being upstage, you know, with the microphone in my hand, so I looked it up upon myself to go look at UCI and see if you guys had a radio, and of course, I got a hold of Kevin Stockdale, and we just emailed back and forth, and he told me about this program. I was very, very excited. I still am excited. I feel like a little boy just opening his (laughs) first Christmas gift, but it's very very exciting, and um, I've been pretty happy with it since then. It's been very, very good experience.
1: So um, are you thinking of doing a music show or a public affairs show?
2: I'm not entirely sure. I do, like, I do enjoy the public affairs, I especially like your show right now. I just love the chemistry between you two. It's, <laughs> so, it's beautiful. It's very awesome to have somebody that you could share this, this experience and these bondings between the readings and The Hobbit. So it's, vi- it's very exciting just to, to be able to ha- be a part of something like that, so possibly a PA show.
0: And if you were to do a music show, what kind of music would it be?
2: possibly indie rock or hip hop yes right. i will be interning for a hip hop show so i will see how it how it is and all that
1: well, we elves especially love all kinds of music and that was, uh, one of the things that I especially loved about getting involved here at KCI. When I first got involved, my intent was always to do a public affairs show, but after I took my training, I interned for a quarter and, uh, with Barbara DeMarco Barrett, who is a wonderful, if you get a chance to sit on, on one of her shows, uh, with Mari Stone, um, that would be really wonderful. She's They're excellent at interviewing. There are so many different ways to set up a public affairs show. Some people just come in and share their views on things. Other people do almost all interviews, like Writers on Writing. They come in, they kind of talk a little bit, and then they get right into their interview, usually with an author or an agent or a publicist or something. Um, and then you have shows like ours where uh, you can have two people that talk to, you know, that kind of share things. I love doing a show with a co-host only because it's Milo, because mm-hmm. I actually love doing radio uh, by myself. Uh, I did it for for five years, and I love just coming in and doing the show. There's a whole another energy though that uh, when when you have a co-host and especially when you can find someone who's as passionate about what it is that you're wanting to share, whether it's um, something you know like middle earth and creative living and caring for the planet or whether it's a type of music there's a whole another synergy that you can create um when you have a co-host so i hope you'll have a lot of fun <laughs> yes yes
2: definitely you could see that i wish the viewers could see that you just see this spark there's this life that comes into the room it's very very beautiful <laughs> very very awesome
0: mario the wizard is joining us here at kuci irvine and i was wondering about lord of the rings and J.R.R. R. tolkien were you aware of this at all before coming to the radio station had you seen the movies or read the books or anything
2: uh, I actually did see the first movie. I was about, I want to say, I was in probably my pre-teens, 8, 9, 10 years old. And I remember watching the show and act- I'm the movie and actually being a little frightened. I wasn't sure what to expect. <laughs> but uh, I soon got got the hang of it. And I remember sitting with my mom and we would eat Wendy's and we'd, ha- we'd have this amazing salad and sit down and cozy up and watch these amazing movies. And But since then, then I haven't really kept up with it. This book looks incredible, but I have never, ever heard of it, actually. So...
1: You know, it's very funny now that he mentions that, because part of my um, adventure with getting involved with Middle Earth had to do with when the movie first came out in December of 2001, I took my young friend Katie at the time, who was my friend's daughter, to see it because we wanted to see Harry Potter and wanted to see Lord of the Rings. And she was... Terrified. Mm-hmm. Um in fact the whole movie she uh she was afraid of the orcs, she was afraid of the Bellrog, she was afraid of the ring race and so I said, Do you wanna just leave? She said, No, no, no. Just tell me when it's not the scary part. <laughs> how so how old though, was Katie? She was about I think she was about nine well, let's see. That was 2001. She might have been 10. She might have been 10. 9 or 10. Because this year, she's actually a first-year student at oh, wow. in Chicago at, is it Northwestern? Northwestern. Northwestern. Wow. Yes. And and it's funny because I dismissed the movie. We walked out of the theater. I said, well, that was a silly movie. It was just nothing but a big old chase scene. Mm-hmm. Dismissed the movie for months and didn't go back to see it until it got Oscars and went to see it on March 24th. And, and had a, a whole epiphany and changed my whole entire life. So it's interesting. She was probably about the same probably age. About the probably same same the same age. Same age. Yeah. Yes, yes. I just <laughs> remember being
2: a little frightened, and I was just like, "Mom, what do I do? What's what is this? What's going on?" But that's a frightening. It, it's uh, a little bit. Yes, it.
0: yes, it is. <laughs> um, I had a question about being a psychology major, which is a very appropriate field of study for a wizard. As we see throughout the books, both The Hobbit, which is the prequel to Lord of the Rings, and Lord of the Rings, Gandalf is actually playing some mind games occasionally with people, such as Saruman. And what uh, led you to psychology?
2: Uh, I like the study of the mind, just understanding what our motives are behind every action that we decide to do, and especially just understanding the whole role that our soul plays and what exactly pushes us to do our actions to do who we want to be and what we want to do with our lives because there's so many ideas and so many um different types of things that lead us to say oh there's only one soul but actually there could be multiple souls inside of us just with different personalities and different characteristics for who we are so we're not entirely just one person per se we're multiple people so it's very beautiful beautiful education i like it a lot
1: And there are many different um, kind of aspects of psychology. There's developmental psychology. Um, Recently, I met someone um, who comes out and visits a friend of hers who's here at UCI that's currently a student of, um, I think it's called experimental psychology. Have mm-hmm. you heard of that?
2: I have not, actually.
1: Yeah, and uh, I thought, wow, that sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, psychology now is even getting into the area of energy, energy work and energy medicine. Are you kind of familiar well, with that? Well, I actually it? am
2: not. I just started this year, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited just to, to learn more about it and uh-huh. see the different fields that there are. Kind of see so, what yeah, direction exactly, I want to go. Because exactly, there's, exactly.
1: there's of course, there's family counseling. Definitely. There's... Um, just social psychology, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening in cultures. And, of course, you know, on our planet, is such an exciting time that we are now a global community. We, The entire world is connected through the media and through the Internet. There's never been a time in history. I mean, people generally would be born in a, a town or a neighborhood, and they might move or something once or twice. But the world was not connected. I mean, there's no place on the world now where you can go that... Um, you can't find out about other, other parts of the world of things that are going on. There's mm-hmm. no place that's just hidden you know, <laughs> anymore that's on the globe. So we really are um, a global community. And so I, I'm very excited when people get involved with things like psychology to yeah. see, see what you'll do to shape the world.
2: Definitely. Uh, we're actually just learning about um, this idea that who we are today is based upon um, a certain time period, about 12,000 years years ago and between 12,000 and 2.5 million I gotta say I'm not entirely sure but it's this um, Plastocene time period and that's why we fear rather than fearing a gun or rather than fearing cars we're afraid of uh, spiders or snakes it's because of that time period that's when we were looking out for those types of things looking out Mm -hmm. for lions or whatever it may be and that's how we we have this instilled instilled fear within us but rather than when someone pulls a gun we're not as afraid as we would be to towards something venomous or something Mm -hmm. like a you know some animals yes very very fascinating
0: have you thought about your career after uci are you planning on going on to graduate school do you think that you'll enter the workforce Uh, what are your aspirations
2: it might sound a little strange, but I do want to go to um, law school after this mm-hmm. and get my law degree. I do want to open up a PR firm. I know that's not entirely practicing law, but I do want to have the l- legalities behind it, just so I could have. I love public relations, just that sort of thing, just being in contact with everyone and representing an organization or people. Um, at the same time, simultaneously, I would love to do radio hosting anywhere i mean my high school i wanted to just be the next big host and get this experience and just enjoy talking to people and voicing my opinions and are mm-hmm. just voicing ideas to
0: the world mm-hmm. essentially so
1: maybe you'll become the next mentalist mentalist have you seen the movie the, no, the, the I have show not. the mentalist no you, i have
0: not oh. there's a tv program there's a tv dramatic series on the cbs okay television network called the mentalist
1: and he, um, it's, it, it's not like, uh, a, a medium. It's not like a psychic thing. He actually uses general principles in, I, uh, probably in a sense of psychology to draw conclusions. Of course, he has kind of an uncanny intuitive sense about things, mm. but, uh, it, it, it's quite intriguing. And then, of course, we have, you know, Sherlock Holmes that uses these, uh, the powers of deduction to, uh, solve these, uh, these incredible cases. So. Um, there's a lot of uh, place for psychology in, in lots of interesting places. And maybe you could have a, a radio show uh, relating to...
0: Possibly, even yes. J-
1: even just about your journey, your, your journey and your adventure of becoming a psychologist.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I must say, I've met many people in the film industry, both here and around the world, especially in the United States. It's very, very common for public relations representatives, agents, and others to have law degrees. Not be practicing attorneys, but have law degrees because it's all about negotiation. Definitely. It's all about agreement. It's all about give and take. That's how films are made. Yeah, That is the nature of films.
2: Yes.
1: So, so right now you are taking the training. Is the training, because um, for those of you that are just tuning in, of course this is KCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, and... KCI.org, and we are talking today with Mario the Vasquez. Vasquez. Mario Vasquez, the wizard, Vasquez, the wizard who is currently taking the DJ training here at uh, UC Irvine, uh, for to become a DJ or PA host yes. at KCI. Um, is it kind of what you were expecting when you first were talking to Kevin, going, "Okay, I'm good." And when you came to the, what was your first reaction when you came to the radio station? The, the first time I walked in here, I as an elf, I just I walked in and I was just breathless for a, a few moments because I w- just being in the presence of all this music, mm-hmm. the, the composers, the music itself, the, um, the artwork on all these m- there must be hundreds or thousands of CDs and vinyls here at the station. Just being in the presence of all that music and talent, but but what was your first reaction when when you came to the studio?
2: As a wizard, I was actually very excited. I just wanted to jump onto the mic, grab every CD, <laughs> just experiment with many many things. It was it was very overwhelming. I loved it. Um, walking into the DJ class, actually, uh, there was about maybe 40 to 50 students and that kind of frightened me i was very um taken aback by the whole just the numbers i was like oh man i'm competing with all these people but then i learned that everyone does get an opportunity and people learn about it and either they do like it or they don't and many people did not but it's still we still have this you know many people there that are passionate about something and want to learn more about who they are and just where their voice is and who who they want to voice for and it's very 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 awesome
0: Yes, it's a tremendous opportunity for people to get involved with the community. You can get involved with the community via public affairs. We will shortly be talking about something important to both of us, or through music. And music is a healing art. It's a psychological Mm -hmm. art where you can help people be happy. You can help them be thoughtful. You can help them just experience sheer, pure pleasure.
1: And to become more aware, just to become more conscious, I, because I, I, as an elf, I believe that music is very powerful, as are linguistics. J.R. Tolkien was a linguist, and we see in the, in the Lord of the Rings and in the Middle Earth the power of the words, the elves had a command, even of the elements, through the spoken word, and uh, here we have this m- this wonderful medium that we can, as you say, find our voice mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully make a difference in the world
2: exactly. through
1: what we're doing here. So I'm very excited for you.
2: I'm insanely <laughs> excited, so 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 excited. And I
1: think it's wonderful that you're not the least bit uh, um, timid, oh, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> about yes. uh, getting Because a- some people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to, you know, get close to the microphone yet. Yeah. You're just right <laughs> at up the there.
2: beginning. I I was a little nervous, but I mean, uh, once we got. I finally started hearing things. I was like, oh, I'm I'm here. Okay, we're on air. I got you. <laughs>
1: well, I can promise you one thing. This experience will change your life. Um, when I originally came, I thought, you know, oh, I'll just do this little public affairs show. Had no idea that the people that I would meet, not only as you talk to people about possibly coming on your show for interviews but the people here at KCI being a part of this incredible community of hundreds of volunteers has changed my life on so many, impacted my life in so many wonderful ways on so many levels It's I wouldn't trade my experience here at KCI for anything
0: It's, a, it's an amazing thing so, And Mario you mean
1: hobbits and elves and wizards
0: <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Mario the Wizard, thank you for being our guest on today's show, we look forward to seeing you in the future either on music show or PA show, public affairs, whatever your wizardly ways takes you. Thank you so much for being on our show today.
1: And uh, Mario, do you have any idea what, if you um, were on, what your DJ name might be, just in case someone were to, like, later on look and see a name and go, Oh, that was, that was Mario. He was on, I remember him, he was on uh, What Would Arwen Do? Uh,
2: DJ Mario V.? Ah, I, I like cool. that. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Mario V. DJ Mario
1: wonderful. V. Very cool. Yes.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, KUCI Irvine. It's been a wonderful, wonderful hour, and I, I very, I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you so much. Thanks.
1: Well, thanks for well, being Well, Elf here.
0: Princess, I've got a little surprise piece of music, okay. and then we're going to have a wonderful piece of literature, but first a little bit of music.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: smallest person can change the course of the future. Unbelievable.
1: Yes. Last of KUCI Irvine. Todo del non Listen to KUCI Irvine. Come back to the light.
0: <laughs> and that was an elvish station ID, which incidentally is also completely legal to the laws of the United States of America.
1: <laughs> well, and that was Kate Blanchett as Galadriel. Uh, and that little excerpt there even the smallest person can change the course of the future is from the mirror of Galadriel what where Frodo says you know how can I do this and she says and he says I cannot do this alone and she says to be a ring bearer is to be alone and she says even the smallest person Hobbit yes. can change the course of the future so we have a couple of announcements of uh, things coming up um, at here at UC Irvine. In fact, you know what? I was going to ask well, you... Well,
0: one of the things was we talked about our friends, the eagles. But we right. also have other friends that are very, very beautiful birds. And, uh-huh. and it actually were proposed by Benjamin Franklin to be the national bird instead of the eagle. Hmm. Instead of the eagle, Benjamin Franklin had proposed that the turkey be the national bird of the United States.
1: Yes. And so as an elf who uh, cares very much for the creatures of this planet and feeling for myself personally, and I'm not advocating anyone else that this is necessarily the path that they need to take, but for myself, I feel that I live in a time um, and irrespective of whatever my ancestors ate or hunted or whatever, um, I feel that I currently live in a time where I can be completely nourished um, and healthy without having to... Uh, kill or eat any other creatures. And so, as a vegetarian, I—that um, that is what I do. I nourish myself without having to uh, kill any creatures. And each year, as uh, Thanksgiving comes around now, um, I like to just bring to people's awareness the Adopt-A-Turkey program. And we hopefully will be having someone on the show within the next week or two to talk a little bit about this. In the meantime, if you would like to find out more about this, you can visit the website, which is, I believe, AdoptATurkey.org.
0: It's very easy to find. Just yes. open your browser and in Google type adopt a turkey" and it's right at the top of the list.
1: And I think a lot of us because of our cultural conditioning, we're just culturally conditioned to think that turkeys, we have to have turkey to eat on Thanksgiving Day. But I wonder how many of us who live right here in Orange County, California, if we actually had a little turkey that was running around in our yard and gobbling and, you know, making funny noises and their big, beautiful brown feathers, if it actually came down to Thanksgiving Day and we had to go outside, catch that turkey, chop off his head, douse him, bleed him, First, let all the blood out, douse him into hot water water in order to pull all, all the feathers out, then uh, take out all of his entrails, his insides, and prepare him for the dinner. I wonder how many of us would might say if we actually had to do that rather than having someone doing it for us where we just go to the market and pick up one that's wrapped in plastic and bring it home and plop it in a pan, if we actually had to go out and do that to the turkey, how many of us would say, mm, you know, there are so many other wonderful things to eat on Thanksgiving, I probably wouldn't even miss having the turkey. And later on, we'll just play tag with him and let him chase us around the yard, and we'll play <laughs> chase him around the yard. So I think a lot of times uh, we've become um, separated from... Where our food comes from and if we really were more conscious and aware of it, we might, we might, you know, decide maybe it's time to start a new tradition. So the Adopt a Turkey program is a wonderful program where you can actually, um, sponsor a turkey that, um, that's been saved and also educate yourself. And there is a video there. It's very graphic. It's difficult to watch.
0: It's very difficult it to watch. It talks
1: about the uh, commercial manufacturing and uh, farming of turkeys and how these turkeys are bred for larger and larger breasts, and everyone's, you know, a lot of breast meat, um, but they're modified, genetically modified to the stage that to the point that they're, and they're fed so much, and you know that their little legs can't even support them. They are de-beaked so their beaks are chopped off, so that they can't uh, peck at each other, and they're great. crowded into these horrible living conditions, uh, if living it could even be called, um, and uh, just so that we can have extra big white meat turkey on a day out of the year. So um, if you have the courage maybe to go and see it and are open to the possibility that maybe it's time for a change, you might want to visit the Adopt a Turkey website and view the video and just think about. Think about uh, things that we're thankful for uh, in life. Most of us are very thankful to live happily and without pain and in freedom. And I imagine turkeys would too.
0: Mm -hmm. I must say, Elf Princess, after we had this discussion last year about this time, I resolved to have a hobbit experiment, Mm -hmm. and for the first time in my life would not have turkey at Thanksgiving. I'm not a vegetarian, although I admire and respect people who are. I'm not a vegetarian, but I resolved to try this experiment after you talked about having an adventure, and I did not miss it. (laughs) I did not miss it one bit.
1: Were you hungry? Did you end up going at all hungry that day?
0: (laughs) I regret to inform you, Elf Princess, that as a hobbit, I try never to be hungry. (laughs) And I was not hungry that day, and I did not have any turkey, and I did not miss it one bit. Mm. So Adopt a Turkey uh, is an interesting sight. Uh, If you're interested, just open up Google and say, Adopt a Turkey, and you'll go right there.
1: And so today is the day that we all went out and voted. Uh,
0: Voting is is an important process. It's an honor and a privilege. I've talked to people around the world that don't have that privilege when Mm -hmm. I've seen them at movie festivals.
1: And uh, so I went out and did my my and voting today. It. and uh, But we also, we vote with our ballots. We also vote with our pocketbooks. Right. And if you're wanting to vote with your pocketbook this year with regards to the freedom of turkeys and, and to also not to just, um, you know, be... Um, supporting the continuance of this type of uh, farming of uh, turkeys you can vote with your pocket book by not purchasing a turkey this year and maybe even writing uh, a letter to your local store telling them this year I'm going to uh, have butternut squash (laughs) instead of turkey so I just want to let you know that I will not be purchasing a turkey this year and if uh, and so if enough people did that guess what they wouldn't Order as many turkeys next year. Maybe it would, maybe even there would be um, ten or twenty percent less turkeys ordered the following year,
0: and and perhaps less suffering in our right. turkey friends. Well, there's another piece of happy news, Yes, we've, we've done our somber piece. Now it's time for the Center for Living Peace. Oh, my gosh, there's wonderful news.
1: And the Center for Living Peace is right here across from UCI. In case you are a UCI student or staff or faculty here, um, you may not even be aware of their um, presence right across the street here at uh, 4139 Campus Drive. Um in the little uh, Trader Joe's and shopping center where the independent movie theaters are. Isn't it
0: called University Town Center or something like I that? I think it
1: is. I think it is. And they have wonderful things going on over there at the Center for Living Peace. And I've uh, spoken with Ker- Kelly, who is the founder, and Faraday, who is, the, I believe, the coordinator there. And uh, they are very excited to come on the program. So I believe we'll be having something like that going on, uh, happening in November. In December, uh, they are having Charlize Theron, very famous actress, beautiful, uh, is going to be at the center. And I'm not sure of the exact date. I forgot to go on the website and check. But she is um, uh, the Charlize Theron Africa Outreach Project. And um, this is, if you are curious what the Charlize Theron Africa Outreach, REACH Project is doing, they provide um, mobile health units, educate children and young adults on how to stay healthy. Children and young adults are taught how to use computers to become more educated. Children and young adults are taught how to avoid HIV, a leading cause of sickness and death in South Africa. And uh, it says here that South Africa has the highest number of people living with HIV AIDS in the entire world because of death of parents with AIDS, there are 1.4 million orphans. These are children with no parents, no one to take care of them. It is estimated that half of all orphans in the country are due to the HIV epidemic. And it says here the Um Umkunyukudi district is one of the poorest and least developed districts in South Africa. Children growing up there have almost a 50% chance, 50% chance of being infected with HIV during their lifetime so Charlize Serone is um, with this Africa Outreach Pro- project educating people helping them to understand how to avoid this and um, there's a website Charlie's Africa dot org www. Africa Outreach dot org and as I mentioned uh, do you have the website for Center for Living Peace up there?
0: Yes. It's, it's actually
1: goodhappens.org.
0: goodhappens.org.
1: And does it mention when Charlize is going to be there?
0: It does not mention that explicitly. It mentions that uh, last month there was a children's festival uh, regarding this the Charlie's Theron Africa outreach project.
1: Yeah, I I Okay, well, we can check it out. I hope that people Oh, I hope time. people
0: go to goodhappens.org, ha- good yeah. but Elf Princess, guess what? We've it's had so much fun today that we're out of, time. out of time.
1: <laughs> However, we are going to be talking to someone from the Center for Living Peace soon because one thing is that is happening in May is that uh, the Center for Living Peace, in c- partnership with UC Irvine, is bringing the Dalai Lama here to UC Irvine. So we will be talking more about that. That's going to be happening in May. So we will be talking to the folks over at the Center for Living Peace about the Dalai Lama coming to us for a so, in that's it, though. Uh, Both princesses. Until, until
0: next week.
1: <laughs> Alem a star shines on the hour of our meeting, my hobbit friend.
0: This is Milo down at your service, and Tani Tanuvial saying thanks for listening to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine.
1: Namaria. No,